I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Got a big announcement. Yo, what's his was mic? That, was that too much? Are you turned way the fuck up? No, it's actually same? surprisingly at the same as ours. Jesus Christ. Uh, here's I've been, a, I've, been, I've been working on my projection. Okay. You are projecting guys, quite a bit. Guys. Uh, big announcement. Uh, tickets for our Vancouver show are on sale right now. Uh, we are coming to the Biltmore Cabaret, one of our favorite places in Vancouver City. And uh, we're going to be there on September 21st. Show starts at 9 o'clock. Doors are at 8. Tickets are 20 bucks. We cannot wait to see you there. If you're in Vancouver, <laughs> if you're in Squamish, if you're in Tofino, if you're in Victoria, fucking get your asses yes. over to Vancouver you and know let's I, fucking go. You know what I love about this venue is that they actually, do you know the historical um, the historical story, the story of the the this venue? The Billboard Cabaret? No, well, they actually, they, they intended to... Um, to only build a, a smaller venue, but then they built more. Okay. Um, let's get on with the episode. Uh, guys, get I, your tickets, I <laughs> despite that, fuck me. despite that, please tickets, buy the tickets. Tickets are available. And, uh, tickets are available in the show notes or uh, go to the link in our Instagram. And get them ASAP because there's only so much room at the Biltmore. That's yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, even though they did build more, there's only <laughs> only so much room. Uh, guys, I've been on a kick for the last three weeks. Hold on, guys. It's our it's our first show in two years. I know. It is, yeah. I know. It's yeah. crazy. It's our first live show in two. This years. This is a big deal. I'm, I'm nervous. Yeah. yeah, I'm ner- I'm a little bit nervous, guys. <laughs> we used to do that shit like every single month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we did. But maybe we uh, don't have it anymore. I- so if you want to, if you want to find <laughs> out, if you want to find out. <laughs> Come, we want to see us potentially bomb. Buy a ticket. <laughs> well, uh, and, and you know, not to be a shameless promoter, uh, but <laughs> since we since we have joined our CBC family, thanks mm-hmm. CBC, mm-hmm. Uh, shows a lot bigger. Uh, yeah. We don't really talk about that very much, um, and we get numbers, uh, we get number reports yeah. and shit like that. And the show is much bigger than it was. We're hitting about sixteen million downloads a week. <laughs> it's about sixteen million, and uh, but no joke, I <laughs> show is a lot bigger. <laughs> But we're going back to a venue that we played before and sold out. So please get your tickets. Wait, 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 wait. I thought you when you said the show is bigger, I thought you meant that like like the like theatrics of the show is bigger. And I was like, it is since we've added those fireworks and the since we brought Michael Bay on, things have been crazy. Really remarkable. Taylor, your voice is a lot bigger right now. And I would appreciate (laughs) if you just fucking chilled out for a second. I've took I'm taking theater lessons. Uh, Um, (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into the episode. Uh, Guys, I've been on a kick. The last few weeks, I don't know if you've noticed, but goddamn conjoined twins. I thought you were going to go there first. It, oh. uh, it just doesn't end. And actually, I was like, this week, I was like, no conjoined twins stuff. Let's give it a break <laughs> until this fucking story came out this week. What's with like, okay, 
Is this um so Instagram and Facebook like you know they they fucked up their algorithm shit over the last little while? Oh yeah, like, I heard I heard some stuff about yeah, that. Yeah, they're 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 reorganizing the way that they send you shit and the shit that they send you. Sure. And that's probably why I know I'm not going to say all the content that you've been sending me, but it's gonna, <laughs> just going to, that's between you and me. I've been sending you some memes. Yeah. He's been sending me some stuff and, and that's probably because you've that. been served that stuff. Yeah. And I've been being served a lot of tennis content very randomly. Very weird. And so yeah. maybe to Instagram be fair, and Facebook thinks that you are very, very, very into to be fair, tennis. this came from a listener. Yeah, actually. a I don't listen to, uh, I don't use Facebook, and b this came from a listener. But you use Instagram, so you do. I use do. Facebook. Yeah, I do. I do because um, they the same. Uh, so conjoined twins. This happened uh, very recently. Conjoined twins in in Brazil separated with the help of VR. Okay, uh, <laughs> three year olds Bernardo and Arthur Lima underwent surgeries in Rio de Janeiro. Lima's in Peru, dude. Um, uh, <laughs> with uh, direction from Great Ormond Street Hospital in London, uh, the teams spent months trialing techniques using virtual reality projections of the twins based on CT and MRI scans. Guys, the world's too weird now. It's getting weird, dude. <laughs> it's getting super weird. Uh, it was described by surgeon Noor ul Owais Jelani as, quote, space age shit. Uh, he said space, space age stuff, but I think shit's kind of cooler. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the most complex separation processes ever completed, according to the charity which funded it, Gemini Untwinned, which Mr. Jelani founded in 2018. He said that for the first time, surgeons in separate countries wore headsets and operated in the same virtual reality room together. That's insane. Also, that organization, Gemini Untwinned, that sounds like a like a super radical, but also super niche organization. Yes, very much so. Super niche. Now, now um, I don't think I said it here, but where do you guys think, if you were to have a guess, where do you guys think these twins were conjoined at? If, if, you, if you already know it, don't say it. I already know. Right. Uh, do you know? I don't know, but I'm going to say you the... Uh, let, let me let me step in. Okay. Uh, not an easy separation. Not what you think. Start pointing to parts of your body, and I'll tell you if you're hot or cold. <laughs> uh, what are their what's their sex? Uh, three old uh, Bernardo and Arthur. They're boys. That's <laughs> not well. They're that's co- not they're, what you think. they're conjoined at the dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's actually you're cold. You're cold. <laughs> you're, you're pretty cold. They're conjoined at the pinky toe. No, no, very no. cold. Dude, you're the cold. Dude, you're Antarctica. They're conjoined. They're conjoined at, at a very. They're difficult. conjoined at the neck. No, no, cl- not warmer, the warmer. Well, they're how about conjoined this? at the head then? Yep, well, I'll obviously. show you a picture right here. Okay, well, they, I mean, here is know. where they were conjoined. Whoa, they're dude. noggins, dude. Yeah, the tops of their fucking heads, dude. That is crazy. So, if you they, want to see this photo, you can go to our uh, YouTube uh, every Friday, Sick Boy on YouTube. Um, so the twins had seven surgeries. Involving more than 27 hours of operating time in the final operation alone and almost 100 medical staff. Wow. Uh, speaking about the VR Honestly, aspect, guys, that sounds like too many cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine 100 people just bumping into each other while you're trying to separate these you, two twins' heads? How do you coordinate 100 people Fuck, in, like know. coming and going from that room? But That's, it's all I mean, in VR, so it's like, right, you know. Right. It's like, have you been in the, like, the meta, in like Facebook's metaverse where it's just like yeah. your avatars are just these like, like chunky cartoony how, how much time do you think the surgeon spent in the vr room in the operating on the operating table just looking at each other going hey guys look look at this hey 
Guys, do you think kind of cool? Isn't it cool? Look at me. Do you guys think? Look at my avatar. Look what I'm doing. Do you guys think Zuck was there? Oh yeah. He was like, he was like, yo, can I just join? There's a PR thing. We can toss in an advertisement. Speaking about the VR aspect of the surgery, Mr. Jelani told the PA news agency, "It's just wonderful. It's really great to see the anatomy and do the surgery before you actually put the children at any risk." So all the VR stuff was happening as like a a test run, a trial. Yeah, I imagine that they're in VR and they have a model of the. The two guys, I mean, one person, like, and they're and they're just they're just standing there, and then they scale it up to the point that they can actually like get inside and like they magic actually school explore. bus, it. yeah, right, yeah, yeah. that would be super helpful actually. If, if you could magic school bus, yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, you can imagine how reassuring that is for the surgeons. In some ways, these operations are considered the hardest of our time, and to do it in virtual reality was just really man on Mars stuff. He said. Uh, he said that previously unsuccessful attempts to separate the boys meant their anatomy was complicated by scar tissue. Wow. And he was uh, really apprehensive about the risky procedure. Uh, Mr. Jelani said he was absolutely shattered after the 27-hour operation where he took only 15-minute breaks for food and water. But it was wonderful to see the family feeling over the moon afterwards. Dude, this guy <laughs> is on something <laughs> amphetamines like yeah he's gotta be on like just the amount of fucking cocaine that he's just like let's go let's keep going you know 27 hours he's on some he's on some prescription stuff yeah, i'm yeah. curious what he was eating during his food break imagine that 15 minutes you know like the 15 minutes between like the most intense 27 Sugar. hour surgery you've ever done and you're like you just pop up for like a 15 minute break do you yeah. think it was a smoke break could be. Could be. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. doctors smoke. And in Brazil, they just smoke right there at the operating table. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. It's <laughs> wild west down there. Uh, he added that, um, as with all conjoined twins after separation, the boys' blood pressures and heart rates were through the roof until they were re- reunited four days later and touched hands. Cool. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Is there any other photos of them? Uh, there are, but I don't have any prepped. Uh, the twins are recovering well in hospital and well uh, will be supported with six months of rehabilitation. This was Mr. Jelani's sixth preparation or separation procedure with Gemini Untwinned after previously operating on twins from Pakistan, Sudan, Israel, and Turkey. Uh, he led the procedure alongside Dr. Gabriel Mufarej, uh, head of the pediatric surgery. Yeah, hey, that was uh, that was a pretty good little Portuguese, uh, you know, little, little uh, like, uh, twins you put on I'll there. Spent about yeah. a month and a half in uh, Brazil, so I, I, I don't know how to do it. Um, quote, since the parents of the boys came from their home in the Roraima region of Rio to seek our help two and a half years ago, you they have become those R's a little bit more. Rio. Um, aren't, uh, aren't, uh, aren't ours H's in, in, uh, in Brazil? I don't know, dude. I don't speak Portuguese. Um, I watch enough UFC that I should know this. Um, like, like Hodger, Hodger. The, the family has become a part of, uh, our family here in the hospital. And we are delighted that the surgery went so well. So um, according to the charity, one in 60,000 births result in conjoined twins. And only 5% of those are craniopagus, which I think mm, is uh, guys. This is insane. Look at this fucking photo of the boys. Yeah, that's the one that that's a wild photo. Yeah. So, so if you want to Google it, folks, uh, just look up conjoined twins successfully separated. Um, and it'll probably be one of the first things that come up. And it's, it is <clears throat> what's wild about these kids is that they're conjoined at the top of the skull. One of them is looking up to the sky. The other one's looking down to the ground. And I believe they could read each other's thoughts. 
Wow. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. How do they separate the brain then? VR. <laughs> that's they they just okay. live in vr they video they, the they're shit just in vr imagine yeah. the conversation they're having it's like what does it look like up up there that is one of that's got to be one of the wildest things that's got to be one of the most inconvenient places to be conjoined. yeah definitely. yeah yeah how do you think they like when they were together did they do like a crab walk you know what the most inconvenient i don't i don't think that this happens in conjoined twins but if it does Wow. It would be way more inconvenient than that, but like like a human centipede connection. You know, like mouth to uh, ass. That would yeah, be but it wouldn't happen. That would be it drastically like inconvenient. Could it could it not? Why not? I don't think so because you're because you grow like side by side like this. So you separate like this. You would never end up separating with your head all of a sudden attached yeah, to but your, what if what the, if you separate and then But what if the mouth of the what if the What if the mouth of the egg ends up near the ass of the egg? No, it doesn't cuz it's one egg and it just separates into two, Ooh. but then what yeah. if the ass Ooh. then to mouth, ass to mouth? I don't think I don't think it can work like that. Yeah. <laughs> I could see toes to toes. Yeah, and you'd be like totally separated away yeah, from right. each other, but crazy. I don't think it works like that. Man, that shit is wild, wild right? Yeah. Um, here's another wild story. Uh, researchers revive organs in dead pigs, raising questions about life and death. This makes me question. Uh, my first question is why? Uh, probably. Let's, so I think that I, I, I'm, I'm out. speculating and Jared's going to tell us, but my speculation is that, uh, similar to the pig organ story that we've heard stories that we've heard in the past, we are at a massive shortage of organs for transplant patients and we need and we're trying to find yeah. a solution to that problem so so i think it would be great for research purposes but imagine that somebody came to you and said hey listen we're all out of organs but we're going to use a dead pig's heart that we actually were able to revive, revive. Right. So therefore you're getting a um you're getting a, a dead pig heart. but if the alternative is you're dead in a month and there's no organ coming for you I mean, yeah. That, that well, case. you're not um, giving me very many options. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> gonna give. There aren't many, I'm gonna many. give you another option, but it's in the next story that we're gonna cover, and I'll save it. Oh wow! Okay. A little bit of a, a teaser. Uh, so scientists have rebooted vital organs of dead pigs in an experiment. Bioethicists say may force a rethink of how the body dies. And that further blurs the boundary between life and death. This is the living dead shit. Like this, this is. is like Yes, dude. We're yeah, getting into some be, like we're getting into some weird stuff about like what does death actually mean? Yo, so yo, what happens? The, the the pig dies. The pig's been dead for a period of time, and then they. they well, let me get to no, it, no, and we'll find no, out. No, How about no, that? No, no. Before you do that, I just want to say to anybody out there who has recently lost a loved one, this is here's a little bit of hope. Okay, if if that body is That's buried mean. in the That's ground mean, and, it's, Brian. and it's close, and you didn't cremate it. Then we might be able to bring it back. If potential. we do bring it back, it's going to want to eat your brains After and you're going to have to pull a bullet, bullet in their head. But cremation yes. rates are going to plummet. <laughs> I think they should. Honestly, I don't I don't want to be cremated now. You <laughs> using a system we'll dubbed see. Organ X that uses special pumps and solutions to restore oxygen and prevent cell death throughout the body. The Yale University team restored blood circulation and other cellular functions in multiple porcine organs an hour after the pig's death from cardiac arrest. Oh, an there goes hour, the hope that... An hour uh, after. So they yeah. saw electrical activity in the heart, for instance. It started to pump again. Um, the study reveals the underappreciated capacity for cellular recovery after prolonged whole-body warm ischemia 
loss of blood circulation, and thus oxygen, ischemia, um, in a large mammal, the team reports in the journal Nature. The experiments also bolster findings from another Yale-led project three years ago that involved disembodied pigs' brains. Using a similar perfusion system called Brain X, researchers restored circulation and cellular activity in brains taken from pigs four hours after they were killed in a meatpacking plant. Honestly, this reminds me of this uh, this story. Of, did I tell you guys about how on my 30th birthday, when I was about to turn 30, I was driving to Quebec City? And so as I was driving, um, it was, it was uh, about to strike midnight, and I was about to turn 30 technically mm. by date. And so I drove up to the Quebec border, and of course there's an there's an hour time change there. Mm-hmm. Before crossing the border, I turned thirty in New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. I stopped at uh, the Boston Pizza in Edmondson. Oh, nice! Had a had a beer and a pizza. That's nice to uh, celebrate my thirtieth birthday. Then I drove across the border, and I was twenty nine again stopped for like another forty five minutes. Another. Bo- Boston pizza. Right? Yeah. And so because... This is that. Because it was so close in time, I was actually able to revive my 29th year and go back and relive those last few moments of my life. Yeah. This is sort of that, right? This is sort of that. That's exactly... Yeah. And the funny thing is about this whole whole thing at Yale was they were doing all this on the campus's Boston pizza, um, (laughs) in the the Boston pizza restaurant on campus. Um, cool. So, That's really awesome. so all the stuff, all the stuff that they did were with, with isolated organs or, or that was the isolated organ with the, with the pig, heart, uh, the pig brain. Um, but the team was wondering, could they apply the similar approach on a whole body scale? So together the research challenges, uh, old thinking that the body's cells and organs begin to irreversibly become destroyed within minutes of the heart stopping, but instead cellular demise can be halted and their state can be shifted towards recovery at molecular and cellular levels. They were close enough to the Quebec border that they could actually yeah. bring them back. Wow. So, so we I should mean, definitely let this metaphor die on this episode. Yeah, this. Uh, so I, you know, I think the big thing here is like if if this is the case. It, so, it, so it does kind of tie into like organ do- donation, where it's like, you know, someone dies, and there's this rush to be like, okay, they're dead. We got to get the organs out so that we can like get them into the person right away. But perhaps there's a way for us to like, you know, have bodies like have body farms. So are they? And and then be like, we've got lots of keep them alive. We've got keep the organs alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they're dead. They're not going to come back. But like, we've got these organs hooked up to machines that are like they're still pumping cells through. They're running. They're still like like they're still active. So are they saying here that they are that that uh, I'm I'm wondering if they're doing one of two things. Are they are they saying? Oh, organs can actually last quite a bit longer than we thought before they are dead. Or are they saying we have found a way, if we get to it in time, to keep it alive? They're saying two things here. The work has the potential to help reduce the amount of damage that is done to people's brains after, say, a stroke or maybe even after a heart attack. But the greatest benefit here might come in expanding the supply of don- donor organs for transplant. Right. Right. So, but, but, but again, that's where things get a little bit like ethically hairy with that yeah. whole thing. So you're saying that if they can keep them functioning a lot, like as if the, they were in a living body, then they yeah. can use them longer for transplant. But yes. if somebody just dies and, and those organs aren't hooked up to a, a beating heart and the living they're body. not getting the cells they're not getting their the cells oxygen. start to deteriorate and it's the quality start, of the organ just goes down like yeah. rapidly right? right so i'm, I'm missing the ethical 
the ethical conundrum. Well, I mean, so would the, you want so them they'll get dead? In, they'll get into yeah. this, but but I, but I think I think basically the ethical part is like okay, we're keeping because again, th- right. this, this yeah, is yeah. coming down to the notion of like what is death, right? Right. Yeah. So so you die, and and we go okay. Taylor's dead. He's never going to come back. But um, we're going to keep his body hooked. Up his to this whole machine. body is like still alive. Um, but like, like we'll never be able to bring his soul back. Like, yeah, we're keeping his organs alive just yeah. to use them for somebody else. But they do that already. Yeah, but people have a, people known they don't do that already. Not like that. Not so like this. So how's it done now? What do you mean? How's it done now? I mean, fuck. Someone's di- someone dies, and, and, and you know, someone has a a a brain aneurysm or something, and dies suddenly on the spot, and their heart is perfectly okay. And they and they might be a, on the donor list. Yeah, they have they, they have like they have like hours to get that heart out and put it where it should go. Right. So they're saying but like so they're not going. This thing is going to exist. Be, so like, in this thing, they're saying what we want to do is like take that body and instead of like ripping that heart out and getting it to somebody, we're going to like hook the body up to a machine that's going to keep everything sort of alive yeah. except for them yeah. as a person yeah. or even and, just or, or even yeah. just the organs yeah. like alone but so 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 they go on to say donor organs can be retrieved from people who are declared brain stem dead uh they're medically and legally dead but their hearts are still beating but seatbelt and helmet laws and ad, uh, and advances in treating brain injuries mean fewer people are dying from brain death what a, a crazy problem. A trend now is hey, to dude, harvest. Fuck you and your helmet thing, too, because that, that just comes right. That's, it, that's it, evidence it, right yeah, there. Yeah. A trend now is to harvest organs from donation after circulatory death uh, donors. Uh, so typically people on life support with such a bleak prognosis, the decision to remove life support is made. Once the heart stops beating, the doctors wait the oblig- uh, obligatory five minutes before declaring death. The donor, the donor organs are retrieved but surgeons must move quickly. The organs deteriorate once uh, starved of blood supply and oxygen. Dude, so, they're, so they're like, you're dead. Five minutes, okay, and get him going. Get, like, get it out, get it out. That's crazy. I didn't know about the five-minute thing. So like they wait five minutes to be like, that. okay, officially dead. Yeah. But how how many times do you think, because obviously that five minutes is there for a reason. Well, we've there heard stories. There must be moments where like, yeah, like four minutes and 30 seconds, the guy's like, <gasps> yeah, I mean, we've heard stories of those people in body bags going, what the fuck? Get me out of here. And they're right? like, the coroner's like, oh, whoopsie daisy. Yeah, but not for people who are on life support. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like, um, unless you pray a lot, then so, maybe there's yes, a yes. Yeah, possibility. So organ X has the potential to give doctors more time to retrieve the organs after life support has been switched off. Right. But that approach would also require, quote, obligatory clamping of the main arteries uh, supplying blood to the brain to prevent any blood reaching the brain of the deceased organ donor, uh, the team notes. So it's, cr- so it's basically yeah. like the surgeons, if they're having lunch, they can finish lunch before they <laughs> yeah. need to go. Yeah. Or a smoke yeah. break or whatever. Yeah, it's like they can finish <laughs> their smoke or they can <laughs> finish their sandwich. So wait, are they clamping off the blood to the brain to like make sure that this person is definitely not coming back to life, but yeah. the organs are living? Yes, yeah. That's fucking That's where it gets crazy, a little, right, a little right. hairy. In so both- it's like, yo, 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 this person's dead. Just let's make sure clamp it off because then it's, it's like a vasectomy like kind of keep like, those organs going because then right? it's kind of like they're killing them whereas if you take life support off it's kind of like they would be dead without the life support you're kind of just like turning off the machine well, that's sort of keeping like them alive you're only killing here's, their brain here ready, ready for something that's gonna fuck fuck you shit up right now all right in both the brain x and organ x experiments the researchers who did continuous eeg monitoring, so electroencephalography uh, of the animal's brains, 
they found cellular activity in some areas of the brain had been restored. Oh, fuck. At no point did they see any kind of electrical activity that would indicate consciousness or awareness, but they still saw some activity uh, re-spike back up in the brain. That's like kind of like the like the nervous system sort of idea of like death, right? Like you die and I then don't like know. you see like I, twitching you know what? and shit. I, 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 uh, I went to theater school and I dropped out, so I'm going to say... Don't know. I actually don't know either. Don't know. I feel like this is we're close to grasping this concept. Oh, oh my god! Wait, like, but Brian. Right however, they did see spontaneous movements of muscles in the head, neck, and torso in the anesthetized pigs' treatment with Organ X. So I think it, maybe I it mean, is just it's like, exactly right, what I was saying. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, the EEG patterns were flat immediately before and after the movements, but the movements indicate some preservation of motor functions. The researchers said the Organ X system works much like the heart-lung bypass machine. The perfusion device is connected to the pig's circulatory system, a synthetic fluid that contains hemopure, a blood-like product that other chemicals uh, that promote cellular health, decrease cell death, and suppress inflammation is pumped through the animal's body. The researchers induced cardiac arrest and then treated the pigs with organ X system uh, an hour after death. The animals are, were compared to a group of pigs on ECMO, which is uh, uh, extra corporeal membrane oxygenation. Actually, Kira is always talking about ECMO. There's oh, really? all she just works on patients with ECMO all the time. <clears throat> a machine that pumps the pig's own oxygenated blood through the body. Hmm. So it's just like pumping your blood through because your heart isn't going to be doing it by itself. Hmm. After six hours of treatment, the scientists saw decreased cell death and restored activity in the heart, liver, kidneys, and pancreas in the organ X group. Unlike ECMO pigs, the hearts could still contract. Uh, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that the organs were functionally normal said first author David Andrivek, uh, an associate research scientist at the neuro at, in neuroscience at Yale, University, Yale School of Medicine. The next step is that we're hoping to see complete tissue and organ recovery and, of course, eventually to transplant these organs. Mm. Crazy. So, That's okay, guys. wild shit, I man. Mean, really, the question is, is, so for either yourself or your loved ones, if this was a potential, um, if you could potentially do this and save organs in your body and donate them to somebody in need would you would you go ahead with this sorry i mean like, dude human, if, if i'm that human 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 organs no no no, no like no, if your organs if yeah if, if you could be like in this situation if you're like the, the donor pig, in you're this like situation the yeah i mean i don't see much of a difference dude. i i mean I, I i can see the like oh we need to think about this for a second but like maybe more than a second but i don't uh i don't really see any much of a difference between like organ donation as it is as it is now, which I, I you know, if I die now, my organs will get donated. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I mean, um, dude, if I'm that dead, I'm good. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm good. Even, even if they were like, yeah, but you know what? There could have been like, we could have brought your brain back. Maybe if we didn't yeah. clamp it off. It's like, no, dude, I, I died. I died. Yeah. Don't, I, don't, don't bother. Like just, yeah. I'm dead. No need for season ten. And, and if know? you want, if you want to hook wait, me wait, up, wait, if wait. you want to hook me up on fucking like in in, in rafters and like and, and you like strap yeah. me to a giant like 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 yeah. like space style all building. The main, all the main characters have have left with a wait, with the, a the, bunch yeah. of other bodies strapped to it, and we're all pumped. It, like it looks like a scene from to the clarify. Matrix. And there's a bunch of pumps going into my body. We don't need like, season thirty of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Yeah, we do actually. But uh, but the question is, is so but. So that your organs can be preserved, yeah, not for you to stay alive, but to no. be donated to somebody yeah. else. You'd yeah, be cool yeah, with it, yeah. 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 Of course, yeah. yeah. Obviously, yeah. I feel the same way. I could understand how there could be some people who feel weird about it, but it should be an opt out thing. Yeah, right. Yep, dude. I'm sure we talked about this 
in the past because this happened while we've been doing the show. But Nova Scotia, and yeah. for anybody who's not from Nova Scotia, you did like a whole episode. We did think, a whole episode. I think we might be the only. Pro- I, I'm not sure, but as far as I know, I haven't heard in any Canada. Other news. Maybe we might be the only province in Canada that hasn't. It's an opt out for yeah. for organ donation, so you are automatically in on organ donation, which is my opinion, definitely how it should be because people are fucking dying. Totally. Yeah. We need organs. organs. (laughs) (laughs) So like definitely, I, you know, I just, I, again, everybody's entitled to their own choice. And if you want to opt out of that, that's fine. Of course. But the default should be that if you choose not to opt out because, because there's so, such a, a, you know, a a need for that. And also, I mean, it makes to me, yeah, Personal opinion, it makes a lot of sense. To if do I, it. I, yeah, yeah. Personal opinion that you want to force on everybody else. Yeah, with the opportunity for them to opt out, of course. Right, what about of course. what about the, what about this question? If you, if you were going to let's let's use a set of lungs for example, you know that your lungs are going to shut off, and so you need a lung transplant. And we have the technology at a point where we can transplant any animal's lungs into you, and they will work. And and there's like a you wolf. Know, Wolf lungs? Yep, they have the highest VO2 max of any mammal. Dolphin. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, that's a good. I like that one. For reference, I was gonna say gorilla. I want yeah, some gorilla yeah, no, lungs. I don't, I don't think you do. I think you want wolf lungs. No, I don't. I want gorilla the, lungs. The, 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 so the, the the I think the highest ever measured VO2 max in a human is ninety eight, and that's a measurement of milliliters per of blood per kilogram. <clears throat> is ninety eight, and that's like that's like crazy. Like the average person's like forty something or fifty maybe, um, and I'm wolf, like seventy. Wolf lungs, wolf lungs are like two forty or something like crazy. It's like what do you think dolphins they, are? They're like they're like four times better than your lungs. What is the VO two max of dolphins? I found this on the web. Okay. Oh yeah, and so, you're not gonna uh, read it to me. It's actually, <laughs> uh, it's uh, 140. Oh, that's high. Yeah, significantly higher. I can't find the VO2 max of a gorilla. I'm sure they've tested I it. I found this on guys. Siri is way worse than Alexa. Way worse. Way worse, dude. Alexa knows what they're doing. Dude, Google. Google knows. Google. Google's great. I mean, Lance Armstrong's VO2 max. Do you know that, Taylor? I feel like you. Do. I would say it's either 89 or 93. 84 84 uh ox oscar svensson norwegian cyclist has the highest 98 97.5 round up you're right that's interesting you know what and not indicative of him being is he a cyclist he is yes not i've heard i've heard of this guy not indicative of being a a, a top level cyclist why not do you think has think to do it, with has to do with um the way that um Dude, um, it's just it, it's like it's a metric for like how much oxygen you can you can transport to your uh, to your uh, through your uh, through your blood, but it doesn't necessarily tr- translate into like top optimal performance for for some reason. Um, the highest VO two max in the animal kingdom, pygmy mouse. I'll take one. Oh, of really? Them. I'll take their lungs. Oh, really? What is it? Does it say? Uh, it looks to. Here about two seventy five. Oh, I thought yeah. okay. So I think well, the wolf is like two twenty or two forty. So I'll take that. Alaskan husky actually can be oh. anywhere from two hundred to three hundred. But on oh, wow. this, I see the same Alaskan stats, husky. Jared. Um, on average, the pygmy mouse is higher. So. Yeah, so see, I'll, I'll take a set of pygmy mouse. And, and, and not to a chipmunk is also very close. Not to, to that. get not to get super derailed here, but you know when <laughs> you know when people are like, 
a VO2 max. Basically, what a VO2 max does is like is is oh, it, for it, it, it allows you it's Here we it's go. like it's like it's the maximum. It's the highest. In, it's like a high intensity that you can. It's not so. It's not chill. It's not and it's not um, hard. It's like really hard. And what's a Peloton, okay. Tay? Like, let's <laughs> no, no, go, dude. No, no, let's no, fucking no, go. No, I was gonna say, what, what, you know, pe- when people go, oh, the, these, you know, you're torturing these animals that are carrying this like sled. Because pe- people, oh, yeah. people make that sled argument. Dogs, sled yeah. dogs, yeah. Dude, those dogs can do an extraordinary amount of work that your that your body can't even fucking comprehend. Yeah, but it's not, it's not, it's not the it's not that part. It's the it's the yelling mush and and whipping them with a whip. I don't think they whip them with. No, I've seen it in a movie. I've seen it in a movie. They do. I, I went and did it in March, and uh, you whip them right. Uh, like a cat they, of nine tails too. They love doing. They, they love, love getting whipped. Yeah. Dude, yeah, they love running. So They're do like, I. <laughs> um, let's move on. Uh, do you guys? Uh, how do you guys feel about sunscreen? Uh, pretty uh pro sunscreen. But I shut the fuck up. Don't, don't ruin really, this. Don't ruin this. Don't really just wear yes it or no. too much. Um, yeah, I yeah? feel guilty yeah. about the amount of the the lack of of sunscreen that I put yeah. on my body. Yeah, I, yeah. I, f- I, I like want to wear it. Yeah. Yeah. And then In I fact, realize that I'm not. You know what I need? I need that spray on sunscreen because it's easier to apply. And so Ooh, it would be yeah. much easier if that's I just not, had that and could no, spray it all over about my to tell entire you, that's, body. That's not the one you want. No, well, that is. Is, that is my favorite one, too. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I'm about to read a story that the that I feel like the. Our friends over at uh, Melanoma Canada, where we spoke at a couple of years oh, ago, yeah. they're going to be pissed that I'm reading about this. But uh, Banana Boat Sunscreen, the best smelling sunscreen on the market. It does smell really Recalled good. for chemical cancer risk. Just, <laughs> so, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. General, just like your average Banana Boat Sunscreen? Or? Yeah, I mean, some specific ones, but like a lot of them. Um, oh, popular, popular sunscreen brand has voluntarily recalled several of its products. The nationwide recall comes after unexpected trace levels of benzene, a known carcinogen, where uh, we're found uh, following an internal review. Edgewell Personal Care Company announced it had in, issued a voluntary recall of three batches of one type of its popular banana boat sunscreen. Quote, we know that you love our products. I do. I really do. It smells so fucking it good. It does, yeah. Uh, and we're conducting this recall out of an abundance of caution. The statement posted to the company's website read, here's what you need to know. According to the voluntary recall notice shared by the U.S. Drug and Food Administration... Uh, A recall was issued for three batches of Banana Boat Hair and Scalp Sunscreen Spray SPF 30 after trace amounts of benzene were found in the product after an internal review. This product was packaged in aerosol cans. Fuck. None of the company's sunscreen lotions were affected. It's important to note that benzene was not an ingredient in the sunscreen. Instead, trace amounts were due to the propellant that distributes product in the packaging, Hmm. the press release explains. Um, The recalled products were distributed across the United States, the retailers and online stores. Quote, Edgewell has notified its retailers to remove any remaining recalled products from the shelves. So it's, this sounds to me like not a big deal because, because, dude, I mean, sunscreen on to prevent yourself from getting melanoma, right? So you spray it on. But you're really just spraying on a little bit of cancer too at the same time. You know what? So yeah. really, it yeah. like it kind of balances out. Here's another reason why this is no big deal. I just read the uh, headline of an article today. <laughs> Didn't put it in the show notes yet, uh, but it is saying that rain 
uh, is uh, rain all around the world. Global rain is is just covered in forever chemicals, and there's nothing we can do about it. No, yeah, I mean well, we are just being sense. rained with cancer. We, it's yeah. cancer rain. It, acid, acid. You think acid rain is bad? Try yeah, but we normal cancer. Rain. We made the shit. <laughs> oh, we made it. We, we made, made the shit that's in the rain. It's just wait, cancer rain. Wait. So if I stick my tongue up in the air and I go, ah, 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 do you ah. do that? Yeah, I'm drinking cancer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck, dude. Yo, d- when it rains, don't go outside, guys. So, so we had this conversation when we were talking about uh, microplastics. I think is yeah, it yeah. microplastic. Is that yeah. what it was? Is he chewing on that? Um, when we were when we were talking about microplastics, like Kyla is Kyla is like really really on the whole like yo this all the shit like the shit that's in this deodorant the shit that's in this toothpaste like she's just like there's shit in this that no one should be having on their fucking body there are horrible ingredients dude my respect just went up for kyla so much because the fact that she's like that but doesn't say that to you and push that shit on you is remarkable because well, those because are the types she, of people who are like, yeah. who are like the microplastics. Yeah, but she, no, would, she, 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 no, she says it to me. Yeah, yeah. But she would know how like uh, uh, um, what's uh, hypocritical it would be because because you know like constantly shoveling cocaine up her nose. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Oh, wait, do, should hate, we not? Should we not talk about? She's that? gonna fucking hate that you said that. <laughs> I'm joking, Kyle. She's my hate goodness. No, but she's she's poor really girl, she's, poor girl doesn't I even like eating edibles. Cut that out, Taylor. She's really amazing. She's really amazing about that stuff. Like she's she goes really fucking deep on that stuff and especially i mean as a mom like man she definitely want to be doing that now i love you that's she spends she has spent so much time getting the right sunscreen because there are but how do you know like what do you you do how do you know how do you know there are two ingredients i'm waiting for her to write me back there are two ingredients that are in sunscreens and one of them might be benzene there's two ingredients that are in almost every sunscreen and it's it's an it's a substance that's banned in like every, every country yeah, on fucking yeah, earth except yeah. for Canada and the US. Uh-huh. Like every country on earth bans this these two products cuz they're like, yo, cancer, 100% fucking cancer. What if we just started using Crisco? So like we always have like really obscure uh sunscreen brands because like do you or, like, does she order it like yeah, on she, orders, she orders them from wherever she orders them from like they're yeah. very specific like dude she'll go off on you on sunscreen do you guys remember and deodorants the, uh, and toothpaste and all that shit like anything that you fucking put on your body yeah like dude all fuck dude those like companies that are making like skincare products and stuff yeah dude they are fucking your shit up you yeah. use crystals for uh deodorant i put it out in the moon <laughs> and then once it's been in the moon then i use it do you guys ever use that purple sunscreen that like you put on and it made you purple. I'm sure I'll be back. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, oxybenzone. That sounds That's like it. it gets you really high. <laughs> oxybenzone. Oh, she just sent me a website instead of sending me an actual answer. Well, it says uh, a lot of countries in the world have straight up banned sunscreen. Eh? Oh yeah, oh yeah, big Dude, time. Because like, big so time. many of them are absolutely horrible. Yeah. Um, but uh, you should honestly wear oxybenzone. You should, wear. you should be wearing sunscreen though, guys. Homo salate and octocrylene. These all sound like bad guys from Dune. (laughs) Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. 
Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Um, hey, let's get back into organ transplants. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, and this one is this is a probably a bit of a hot topic. Uh, killing prisoners for transplants, Whoa. forced Whoa. organ harvesting in China. Okay. <laughs> Holy <laughs> yeah. fuck! Um, I think you I know. Ready to go down this road? Dude, I know immediately did we just become last podcast on the left? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, organ transplantation is a life-saving therapy for millions of patients and one of the greatest successes of modern medicine. However, a limited supply of donor organs paired with a massive demand for transplants has fueled the global organ trafficking industry, which exploits poor, underprivileged, and persecuted members of society as a source of organs to be purchased by wealthy transplant tourists. Wow. This is like this. This Ryan, are you crying? This is the darkest thing. <laughs> oh, I've this ever is heard. dark. And this gets in this like this sort of reminds me of that that fucking dark hole I went down of looking at like what happens when we donate our body to science yeah, in yeah. quotations. Yeah, right. Um although this practice occurs in many countries, the situation in China is particularly concerning. China is the only country in the world to have an industrial industrial scale organ trafficking practice that harvests organs from executed prisoners of conscious uh, of conscious hmm. conscience. What is that? Conscience. Mean? I don't know. Prisoner, uh, prisoners of conscience. You continue. I'll look it up. Uh, this practice is known as forced organ harvesting to understand forced organ harvesting. It is useful to consider, uh, consider a, a hypothetical scenario. Uh, a patient in Canada with end stage heart disease is in need of a life-saving cardiac transplant. Doctors in Canada tell the patient he needs to go on a waiting list until a compatible donor dies under suitable conditions. This process can take weeks, months, or even years. The patient then finds a transplant program in China that can schedule a cardiac transplant from a compatible donor weeks in advance. Wow. This, this raises several important questions. Cardiac transplant can only come from deceased donors. So how can the hospital match this patient with a potential deceased donor weeks in advance? Right. How did the hospital find this donor? How do they know when that donor will die? And how the donor consented to have their organs harvested? Not to be uh, an extra bummer on this whole thing, but, and not that it's okay to harvest um, you know, somebody who's in prison because, they're an, because they did a bad thing. Not that it's okay to harvest their organs, but prisoners of conscience is anyone in prison because of their race, sexual orientation, religion, or political views. Whoa. That's... Extra bummer. Extra, extra bummer. It's definitely an extra bummer on top of the whole bummer. Holy part about the fuck. Whole thing. Whoa. Yeah. Holy fuck. Extra uh, organ bummer. So all those questions I just asked, the answers to these questions are extremely, extremely distressing. China uses incarcerated prisoners of conscience uh, as organ donor, as an organ donor pool to provide compatible transplants for patients. Guys, Dude, this, this, has is, to be, this is probably a big thing with the, with the, uh, the Uyghurs. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. Yeah, this has to be the one of the most fucked up things I've ever heard of. These prisoners or donors are executed and their organs harvested uh, against their will and used in a prolific and pro- profitable transplant industry. As transplant uh, nephrologists and medical professionals, we aim to spread awareness about organ trafficking, particularly forced organ harvesting, to colleagues, institutions, patients, and the public. 
We are involved with organizations like Doctors Against Forced Organ Harvesting and International Coalition to End Transplant Abuse in China, which have done considerable work in this area for over a decade. China currently has the second largest transplant program in the world. Transplant operations in China increased rapidly in the early 2000s without a corresponding rise in voluntary organ donors, which led to questions about the sources of the organs. You guys want to do some, uh, should we do some quick investigative journalism uh, uh, things here where we uh, where we search to see if we can find advertisements for organs? Oh, geez, that'd be, that would make me feel really Dude, weird. you're going to have to download uh, Tor. Yeah. <laughs> on the dark web. During yeah. uh, this period of rapid transplant growth, practitioners of the Buddhist key gong discipline known as Falun Gong were being detained, prosecuted, and killed in large numbers by the Chinese government. Similarly, China in 2017 began a campaign of mass detention, surveillance, sterilization, and forced labor against the Uyghur ethnic group of uh, Xinjiang. Um, Uyghur, are Uyghur, Uyghurs Muslims? It's a good question. Yeah. Are, they, are, they a, are they a Muslim sect? I, I feel I feel like maybe it is. I feel like I've heard that. Um, it is... Uh, a Turkish, uh, a, a Turkic ethnic group or originating uh, from and culturally affiliated with the general region of Central and East Asia. Um, huh. That didn't okay. that didn't answer the question, but um, so concerns about forced organ harvesting have begun to surface in two thousand six and seven by the work of two international human rights lawyers, uh, David Kilgore and David Mattis who were later nominated for a Nobel Prize for their work. The China Tribunal, led by human rights lawyer Sir Jeffrey Nice, or nice was formed in 2019 to independently investigate the claims of forced organ harvesting. The tribunal examined multiple lines of evidence, including transplant numbers, medical testing of detained prisoners, recorded phone calls to transplant hospitals, as well as testimony from surgeons and prisoners. The Sounds final like they did more research than I did. The, the final <laughs> conclusion was issued in March of 2020, and confirmed beyond reasonable doubt that China has been using executed prisoners of conscience uh, as a source of transplant organs for many years. Uh, despite Chinese transplant officials claiming significant transplant reform had taken place in, since 2015, recent evidence suggests that the barbaric practice of forced organ harvesting has continued. The American Journal of Transplantation, the world's leading transplant journal, published a paper in April that found that brain death had not been declared in many organ revo- uh, retrievals in, in China. Wow. And that retrieval of donor, donors' vital organs was the actual cause of death. In other words, these prisoners were being executed by removal of their organs for the procedure of the transplant. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. That sounds like um, some like Arkham Asylum wild, shit. Oh, wild, dude, wild. Arkham Asylum. Dude, that was a great Batman game. Uh, so we- Uyghurs are an ethnic group who are predominantly Muslim. I guess. Similar you. to like how like Dagestanis yeah, yeah, yeah. are yeah. like from or like live in Russia, but are predominantly yeah. Muslim. Uh, the uh, little piece about raising awareness here. Unfortunately, the use of unethical medical pr- uh, practices against marginalized groups is not new. Um, so, you know, we've got the Nazis yeah. conducting horrific experiments on Jewish victims in concentration camps. Soviet psychiatrists created uh, cre- uh, create a term known as sluggish schizophrenia to label political dissidents, depriving them of civic rights, uh, employment, and credibility. And American researchers uh, studied the effects of untreated syphilis in African-Americans right, in the Tuskegee yeah, that's what I was say. study. Uh, China has been executing prisoners of conscience 
and using their organs for transplantation for decades. Transplant physicians, medical professionals, and the global community must raise awareness and pressure governments, institutions, and hospitals to so take action. This is action. Le- legitimately like still happening. It's, it's happening today, yeah. Holy Isn't it fuck. crazy that there are places out there and countries like where if that's happening here, it's happening at like a at like a at like a very sub secret level. You know what I yeah. mean? Where where administrators and people like that would have no idea. Or or you know, would probably would, would, no would probably have no idea. Yeah. Um, whereas there are places where like everybody would be like, Yep. We do that here. We do. Yeah. 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 That's our thing. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's our that's thing. Our thing. Yeah. Not everybody's yeah. good at every. Nobody's good at everything. Everybody's, everybody's good, good at something. Everybody does something. My thing's sound effects. <laughs> yeah, my thing's uh, illegal harvesting of organs. <laughs> wow. Um, hey, man. Comedy doesn't sleep. Well, let's uh, let's move on to this week's edition of What the Hell? <laughs> um, this was... I wanted, to, I wanted to bring this up last week. This is... <laughs> this shit. Okay. Do you got any lighthearted stuff? This is pretty light. This, I mean, the, 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 this is sad, but also wildly fascinating and kind of cool. Okay. Um, and this is not fake. Okay. I, what, what we're about to watch looks like it's made up. It's not. Okay, cool. A woman competing in triathlon suffers a freak illness and discovers that she can only now walk in high heels. Okay. Come on. Okay. Get the I swear to God, this is fascinating. So, a dancer, she was a dancer uh, um, uh, who was left requiring a wheelchair after, uh, due to a rare neurological disorder, has since gone on to discover she can only walk normally when wearing high heels. Wait, wait. Is this like one of those things where, like, you know, this person has like a neurological condition and they, they, they wake up from like a induced coma and they speak a different language, like in a different language no, or accent? It, no, it's quite different. So, uh, Yasmin Gibb. Uh, had had not long taken part in her first ever sprint triathlon in May when she suddenly began to experience severe pains in her stomach and had to be rushed to the hospital where she was told she had a kidney infection and sent home with antibiotics. But just days later, her legs started to give way uh, beneath her and she struggled to walk. After undergoing tests, she was diagnosed with functional neurological disorder, which affects the functioning of the nervous system. Uh, the, the condition means Yasmin needs to use a wheelchair to get around while she faces a six-month wait for treatment, but she has somewhat bizarrely discovered that she can walk normally if she wears high-heeled shoes. Here is a video of Yasmin talking about this on her TikTok. Hey, so I'm off to a wedding today. I'm very excited because it's my first time doing anything in like almost a month. Um, I've been kind of stuck in the house or stuck in the hospital for the last week. Um, I th- thought I would just show you how mental this illness is um, and how much your body plays tricks on you. So I have a wheelchair for the day, thankfully, thanks to some family friends. If not, I would have had to pay £20 a week for a wheelchair, even though I need it at the moment, which is just mad. Again, I'm so sad for all the people out there who are in a similar position who maybe don't have family friends that can borrow them a wheelchair or can't afford that £20 a week. Um, but yeah, I'm in a wheelchair today. Um, I'm feeling all right today. I got a good sleep. Um, my legs are still very shaky, but I thought I would try on my heels to see how I got on them, just, you know, in case I need to get out the chair or, you know, I want to stand for pictures or anything. So I'm going to show you what me walking just now. Um, what I'm like. No, her no walking um, regularly is like. And then I'm going to show you what heels is on. like I'm sobering. So it's like, oh, oh my God. Here's her walking normally. She's oh, got dude. this like her legs are shaking. Yeah, like just crazy. shaking like crazy. Yeah, exactly. Your whole legs or hips. Whoa. 
it's, it's like, like it looks like it looks shape. like it looks like someone's about to pass out that kind of thing yeah. you know it looks like she's in like a paint mixer <laughs> yeah yeah dude yeah okay now watch this here's her in heels whoa so this looks made up when i walk in these crazily high heels i can walk fine like my back is agony but there's no shaking i'm sticking wow. my back so is weird. agony such a cute accent. I know. I fucking love it. Um, so, so she's from uh, Glasgow. Uh, and she said, uh, everything had come crashing down at once, uh, which is quite scary. I did my first triathlon at the end of May. It was something I've been waiting to do for a while. I've been a dancer my whole life. I was an Irish dancer for about 20 years. An Irish dancer in Scotland? That is true. Uh, oh, oh, shit. Christ. Uh, and I work at, as a food and beverages manager at a 320-bedroom hotel. When I heard the diagnosis, I was expecting I'd be stuck in a chair for life. And that was me. I was freaking out. I was super surprised when the heels made it easier to walk. It was probably because I was concentrating on the heels or because I was a dancer and used to be standing on my toes for so long. I don't usually wear heels. I'm, I'm a trainers and Doc Martens girl uh, through and through. But I'll, I think I'll be wearing them more often now. Despite her, perigno- her diagnosis and the pain she has to live with, Yasmin says she is determined to try half Ironman next year in heels uh i mean well you know you, you know the might next, have to you know you the know, next unless... experiment would be it would just go how much heel do i need yeah, yes right right because like, obviously wearing, something's like, happening she... with the lift of her heels yeah and or maybe the angle of her ankle is probably more likely than or the it, or it could be the the like because you know when you have you ever seen the study about like like the compression on your back when you're standing in heels there's a thing about how the heel shoots. There's like um, th- like the the amount of weight that is displaced within just the stiletto is like some ungodly number of right. pounds. Yeah, right. And so, on so like because like, it's on such a small area. Yes, and so like so you know something about her heel with that like weight displaced in one area, like kind of mm. something about energetically like going up into her spine, wow. like causes some sort of like compression yeah, yeah. or yeah. or stabilization of like a muscle that allows her to like stay upright yeah that's what I, that's what i thought when i first saw it i went oh it must be something Interesting. man honestly like, like i'm i'm more of like a function over fashion type of guy myself and like uh, i still think that you can be fashionable being functional well that's why you but, wear so much lululemon but i'm just saying like i don't understand heels like i, I like dude they hey, fuck listen, your back if you like them cool that's sweet yeah but like if you feel like pressure to wear them in any sort of way i think it's crazy because like one i'm a shorter guy and yeah. so i don't want girls wearing heels because then you make me feel like a beta but that's why right. you gotta start that's why you gotta start wearing, you gotta heels. Start wearing heels. so now i want to start wearing heels and it just yeah so How about that's brian what? just tried to just tried to like he just tried to like really like really nicely go if you feel pressure don't you don't have to but and you know, because it makes because because it affects me, and it's really about me, and and I feel emasculated when you're taller than me. That's exactly that's my that's my relationship with. How Maddie, do you feel see? emasculated with a woman wearing heels, but you don't feel emasculated when you go to the gym with Maddie? This is true. Yeah, she's fit, dude. She's fit. <laughs> She and looks she like she fucking, flips cars for a living. And she, she eats does, yeah. a lot of vegetables. Yeah, yeah. She's she loves always vegetables. chopping Guys, vegetables. I've never met anybody in my life that loves vegetables more than Maddie. Fuck. Well, <laughs> and Kyla. she's not even, dude. I mean, no, Kyle dude, loves her veggies. Dude, no, dude. 
Yo, Kyla loves her, doesn't hold Kyla, Kyla, loves, <laughs> Kyla loves her tempeh. She doesn't hold a her tempeh and cocaine. <laughs> she doesn't hold a candle to Maddie. <laughs> Kyla just likes uh, like anything that's like vegan cheese or like vegan <laughs> yeah, yeah. burgers. Dude, never, she's, just, vegan. she's just on a steady diet of diet. She likes diet cocaine. I've never been in your apartment with Maddie present where there's, she's not chopping a vegetable. Dude, there's always a thousand radishes just like sliced. <laughs> she's always feeding it to me too. Yeah, she's always feeding me veggies. Yeah. Well, uh, folks, uh, get your tickets. Uh, Vancouver, September 21st. We're coming to the Biltmore Cabaret. Tickets are 20 bucks. You can find the link in the show notes here <laughs> or go over to our Instagram or go check out the Biltmore Cabaret's website. Uh, we cannot wait to come out to Vancouver. It's going to be our first show in a couple of years. Oh, and uh, truck, yeah. probably, to be honest with you, our last show in Vancouver ever. with Maya oh. was one of the best shows we, we ever had. <laughs> it was really fun. It was at it the was, Biltmore yeah. Bill An absolute great. fucking rager of a time. We cannot wait to come back out. Uh, so the tickets are on sale right now. Did I ever tell you guys about the history of the Biltmore? Shut the fuck up, Brian. <laughs> Yo, I haven't been on a plane in two years. Whoa, that's crazy. And that will be yeah. my first flight. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it doesn't get canceled. I had a flight um, last week and it got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> on my trip. Tay, do you want to carry End us home here, brother? If you have any idea why that woman can walk with heels on, <laughs> fucking let us know because we don't have a sweet clue. Letters at sickpointpodcast.com if you want to send us some mail about, oh, just we get, we get really nice, sweet emails all the time from people who either love the show or, uh, you know, are maybe, uh, you know, or they're frustrated <laughs> or they're really frustrated by it, but in like a really cute way. Um, letters at sickpointpodcast.com or if you want to be a guest on the show, sickpointpodcast.com slash contact. And thanks, as always, to the folks that make this show happen. A huge thank you to Rich O'Coin, who does the theme music. And we're going to go to a show in a couple weeks, you guys. That's yeah. going to be really fun. You know what I'm going to with Rich tomorrow? What are you doing? Monster Trucks. Oh, that's cool. Nice. That's and fun. that's actually today, as of this recording. That's right. The Monster date, Trucks? So. Yep. Are, are we yeah. doing ticket shoutouts for the Monster Truck? No, no, we shouldn't. You missed it. It was fun. Uh, but don't miss the fucking live show at the Biltmore Cabaret. It's no, going to be way more don't. exciting and than the Monster Hey, guess Sharks. what? West Coasties, we might have a couple other uh, secrets up our sleeve. So stay tuned. Woo! That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. That's my Monster Truck voice. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.